This is the Timepieces History Podcast, brought to you by Gudrun Lorette, the expert in using modern marketing methods for the traditional heritage sector. Each bite-sized show shares the story of a place, person or object from the past in around 10 minutes. And now, here's today's show. Hello and welcome to the Timepieces History Podcast. Today we're looking at Emmeline Pankhurst, or Emmeline Pankhurst. I'd love to know what you think of these episodes, so please come and find me on Twitter, at Gudrun Lorette, or leave a comment on your audio player of choice. Alternatively, you can pop a message onto the relevant podcast page over at gudrunlorette.com forward slash podcast, where you'll find the show notes, useful links, and an episode transcript. I chose Emmeline Pankhurst because she's one of the most well-known names in the fight, often literally, for equal rights for women, but I could have picked several others, including her own daughters. Before we start, I want to explain the difference between suffragettes and suffragists, which has often confused me. If you know this, apologies, but I think it's helpful to make the distinction, especially if you look further into the movement. The suffragist movement began in 1866, when a group of women took a petition for equal political rights with men to two MPs they knew knew were sympathetic to their cause. Their attempt to change the law failed, but it led to the formation of the London Society for Women's Suffrage, suffrage meaning the right to vote in political elections. Several similar groups were formed around the country, leading to an overall body headed by the wife of one of the MPs, Millicent Fawcett. The approach of the early suffragists was peaceful and non-confrontational. However, some women felt that the softly-softly approach was getting them nowhere, and a more direct approach was required. They favoured more militant tactics, and their motto was Deeds, Not Words. And this is where Emily Pankhurst, along with her daughters Christabel, Sylvia and Adele, comes in. She founded the Women's Social and Political Union in 1903. Born in Manchester's Moss Side in 1858, Emily Goulden was introduced early on to the important causes of the day by her politically active parents, who themselves were descended from agitators of all kinds. Somewhat surprisingly, although her parents were happy for her to learn about politics, they expected Emmeline and her sisters to get married and keep house, rather than have any formal education. In 1878, Emmeline met Richard Pankhurst, a barrister more than twice her age. Richard advocated for educational reform, votes for women and freedom of speech, and, although had sworn to remain a bachelor to better serve the public, fell in love with Emmeline and they married a year later. They had five children, but had agreed that Emmeline was not simply a household machine and a butler was hired to look after the Pankhurst offspring so she could be involved in politics. It seems a bit odd to give that job to a butler, especially as the couple were living with her parents. She spent almost a decade in various municipal roles in Manchester, but became busier and more involved with the women's movement. After Millicent Fawcett's group splintered in 1888, Emmeline aligned herself with the more radical half, who became known as the Parliament Street Society. The PSS, however, weren't radical enough for Emmeline and some of her friends. Arguing that husbands voted on behalf of their wives, the PSS favoured helping unmarried women to secure suffrage. The Pankhursts disagreed, and in 1889 hosted the inaugural meeting of the Women's Franchise League. The WFS were in favour of not only votes for women, but greater rights for them in divorce and inheritance matters. Over the next decade, Emmeline worked tirelessly as an activist and later joined Keir Hardy's Independent Labour Party, one of its first female members. In 1898, Richard died of a gastric ulcer, leaving Emmeline in charge of their family. In need of money, she took a job as the Registrar of Births and Deaths in Cholton, where she gained a greater insight into the realities of life for lower-class women. 
1903, Emmeline was fed up with the attempts of MPs to fob off the campaigners and of the campaigners themselves for not taking decisive action. Her WSPU, which as we know was founded that year, produced a regular newsletter to share information and held women's parliaments when the government was in session. Her three daughters all joined the WSPU and were enthusiastic in pushing the movement further. Eldest daughter Christabel was arrested for spitting on a policeman outside of a Liberal Party meeting in 1905, and Sylvia and Adele were arrested in 1906, protesting outside of Parliament. Emmeline herself was first arrested in 1908 after trying to get into Parliament to deliver a protest resolution to the Prime Minister. For that, she spent six weeks in prison. On her release, she detailed her experiences of solitary confinement in a filthy cell. The experience didn't put her off, however. She was arrested several more times and at one protest slapped a policeman's face to guarantee he'd arrest her. She saw going to prison as a way to promote her cause and told her trial, We are not here because we are lawbreakers. We are here in our efforts to become lawmakers. The WSPU escalated their protest and Christabel, who had fled to Paris to avoid conspiracy charges, organised several arson attacks in 1912. Many of the members were arrested at one time or another and went on hunger strikes to attract press attention. At the outbreak of the First World War in 1914, the WSPU called a halt to their attacks, although they kept themselves busy by handing out white feathers to conscientious objectors and other men they regarded as cowards for not enlisting in the military. Emmeline organised rallies and travelled the world to promote the war effort. The introduction of the Representation of the People Act 1918 coincided with the end of the war and introduced voting rights for women over the age of 30, as well as several other measures. Emmeline and Christabel turned the WSPU into the Women's Party to advocate for things such as equal pay and job opportunities. The party collapsed not long after Christabel failed in her attempt to become a Labour MP. In 1922, Emmeline moved to Canada, although returned home three years later, having run out of money and tiring of the cold winters. Astonishingly, given her previous political leanings, she became a Conservative Party member and ran for MP. Her new career was short-lived, though. In 1926, Sylvia had a child out of wedlock, and the shock and the scandal entered Emmeline's hopes of becoming an MP, and also ruined her health. She moved into a nursing home and continued to decline, and she died in 1928. Thank you for listening to today's episode, a bit of a whistle-stop tour of the history of the suffragette movement. This is the final show in Season 4, although if you tune in next week for my bonus interview with Paul Couchman, the Regency cook, you'll hear about another remarkable woman. Thank you for listening to the Time Pieces History Podcast. Don't forget to listen next time for more quick history facts.